can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Before we begin today's episode of Beauty IQ Uncensored, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. I'm back. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Did you miss me? Yes, we did miss you. Matthew, I think, felt he was like always apologizing to the audience he was like I'm sorry I'm sorry of course he was he did a really good job but we did miss you I'm sure he did it's nice to be missed but I trust that he would have done a good job in my absence we talked about basketball we talked about aliens Great. I actually didn't listen to any episodes while I was gone, so it was just probably for the best. I think I might give probably those for the best. <laughs> definitely went off on a few tangents, but it was yeah. fun. Well, I have a story for you because I'm excited. I think I saw your biggest doppelganger of all time while I was away. Wow! And I also saw mine in the same place, which was the weirdest phenomenon I've ever experienced. Were they friends? No. So we walk into this hotel and the girl that's setting up our room for us, like the concierge person, I'm looking at her and I'm looking at her face and I'm thinking to myself, God, she looks a lot like me. This is is strange. She looks a lot like me, same skin, same like eyes, very, very similar. And then we get in the lift and Adrian goes to me, that girl looks so much like you. I was like, oh my God, I know, right? I thought it was just me. I thought it was just being self-absorbed, but she genuinely did look like me. And then we go downstairs to have breakfast and I'm eating and he goes, that woman looks like Hannah. And I look up and it genuinely, like I got, I took a video, Hannah, for you, but I don't know if you'll be able to see her properly. What? She looks a little bit older than you, okay. but like so much like you, it's scary. And you have quite a unique face. Wow. Like I feel like you're not a common looking person. You're quite unique in how you look. Thanks. I hope that's a compliment. No, it is. It absolutely yeah, yeah. is a compliment. <laughs> But you have to see this video. I need to find this video for you. I should have had it ready. She looks a little bit older than you, but I'm texting it to you now. Let me know what you think. There we go. All right. She has prefaced that she's older. I can't really see. Oh, my God. You can see her side profile. She looks so much like you. (laughs) Scares me watching it back. It's like you were there. But then you've got to remember that I never look at myself from my side profile, so it's hard to know. Yeah, true. That's so true. Other people see it. So I'm looking at it going, I don't know because I don't see myself. Do you reckon I can post it in the Facebook group? Like is that an invasion of her privacy? I think she was American, so she probably never see it. But I really want to post it in the Facebook group and see what everyone thinks. And get people to see what people think. Yeah. Um, Yeah, So, yeah, both our doppelgangers were in the same hotel same hotel which was really weird and also I bumped into a few listeners while I was gone cute and well we were lining up so this is where I feel like all of our work in divulging our deepest darkest secrets really came through for me when we were at the airport on our Mm -hmm. way there because we were in the line and we were 
both talking about how one of the girls at the desk had really nice skin and I joked to Adrienne, I was like, oh, maybe she listens to the podcast. We walk up to the desk and she's no. like, do you work at a dog beauty? <laughs> wow. No way. <laughs> this is not happening. Wow. And she gave us a spare seat between us. Oh, so on a full so flight, good. she found the only available row with a spare seat. That's amazing. And she moved us there so that I could lay down and we both had a lay down and had a sleep on our way over, which was oh, just that's so good. elite. Couldn't Heaven. have asked for anything better. I mean, I could have asked for business, but that just seemed a little bit too much. So <laughs> we took the spare seat. And then in Lisbon and Santorini. I heard that you have done some pre-recording for our cringy convo, so I don't need to do one today. We have. Tell me what's on. What's on the episode? So Matt is actually joining for the cringy for a pre-recording about beards and cleaning beards. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Dr. Michelle Funder joining us to chat about working from home and, of course, the products we didn't know we needed. Hey, Hannah. Hi. What do you think of beards? I have forced my boyfriend to keep a beard now. I love beards. Oh, I, think, okay. I think they look good. I just, yeah, I'm a big beard gal. Are you into stubble at all or do you prefer like a big long beard? Not a long beard. So my boyfriend was like very clean shaven when I met him and I have manipulated him to (laughs) grow a beard. (laughs) Do you know how you do that? You just keep giving positive reinforcement. Oh, that look, your beard looks so good. Oh my God, that looks so good. So handsome. And then over time, they start to really believe it. And then that all of a sudden, they always have a beard. That's crazy, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're not going, I'm going to break up with you if you don't grow your beard. No, it's just over time, you know, you just tell them how good they look. And it do- I think he looks better with a beard, to be honest. Well, my girlfriend says that she likes it when I grow my beard as well. Mm. But I think it might be for a different reason. I think it's because when I shave my beard... It's super sharp, and then that's going to cause beard rash. Are you familiar with this? It does. 100% the beard does not cause patch rash. Yeah. I will confirm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big deal, and I'm pretty much always keeping mine down to a really, you know, this is visual, so listeners can't see, but it's usually, you know, pretty shaved and pretty coarse. So it's stubble. Stubble definitely causes patch rash, for sure. And you've done an episode before, haven't you, about how to treat patch rash? We have. This one's going to be more about fixing the problem at the source, making sure the beard itself isn't (laughs) going to be, well, doing what you can to reduce patch rash, because I guess there's not... You can't completely get rid of it. But the big issue with it is, patch rash, for those who don't know, is just when someone else's beard, the friction of their beard rubbing up against your face, it's causing friction and causing what's known as contact dermatitis and to skin irritation. Oof. And what that is mm. doing is it's removing oils and moisture from your skin. Also, because it's doing that, it's breaking down your skin's barrier and leaving it more vulnerable for like the oils and whatever gross stuff is in someone's beard to get into your skin. And that's what's going to cause a rash. Well, there was a TikTok, the Derm Doctor, that said that beard actually contains a ton of bacteria, which can be transferred, which I didn't even think about that. If they're not washing the beard, I guess you could get some bacteria transferred. Yeah. Yes. Whatever gross stuff these long beard dudes are just keeping in there. And you could also imagine, I'm just talking super stereotypically at the moment. If you're thinking of someone like a real bushman, a real bushman who's got a big beard, 
I imagine they're not super into, you know, cleaning that thing every day. Well, I'm sure they have to, though. Like, I'm sure they have to go in there with some shampoo or some sort of I'm with you, as in, like, that would be ideally what they would be doing, but I'm just sure there's people out there who aren't doing that. As someone that – because beards seem to me they'd be quite dry, like dry hair, someone with dry head hair, you don't want to over-clean it because then it starts to go, like, super frizzy. Like, I wonder whether that's a thing. Like, they want to keep it nourished and nice, like, the natural oils in there. I can imagine that being a thing. Yeah. Well, I guess like both types of either having a long beard or having like super short stubble, they both have their own issues because if it's a super short stubble, maybe you're not so worried about the gross bacteria in there, but because it's sharp and coarse, it can create little cuts on your skin, Mm. which of course will then create irritation. But with the longer hair beards, might not be cutting your skin, but because it's getting rid of all that oil and moisture. So I guess like both have issues with that. I would say I've got my boyfriend in a really nice beard routine for anyone listening that I think would – I've had no issues with his beard, never had like any irritation. So his is like a little bit longer and he trims it, but he will obviously cleanse. I didn't ask him, are you cleansing the beard as well? But I might actually ask that question tonight. Now that we've spoken about bacteria, I would like to know that he's really getting into the beard and actually washing it. But he uses, I had a facial oil and I was like, why don't you start? Because it's really hard to get any serums like underneath that beard. Like I think it's Mm. quite hard for them to like penetrate like a proper beard. So he does his skincare like around his face Mm. and then he'll use like a facial oil. But I'm sure you can get some sort of beard oil. You don't have to use an expensive bougie face oil on your partner's beard. But he'll then like massage like a facial oil. He liked the Alpha H Golden Haze, which he used the whole bottle without my knowledge. So he'll use that facial oil and I think that must like help to soften because it's it's never like coarse it always feels like nice and soft so I'd say like some sort of beard oil what do you think yeah there's beard oils but you can just use like facial cleansers as well if you don't have a super long beard and you can just rub it all in and that will help a bit but as you said like it probably might be a bit of a waste of money because you're gonna have to use a lot more to actually get through do you know what would be good? The Ordinary do some really nice, affordable, like a marula oil that's like not too expensive. So you could get a facial oil from The Ordinary that you could then, you know, also use on your beard. Yeah. There's a Beauty IQ article called Six Beard Care Products to Maintain, Hydrate, Grow and Groom Your oh. Beard. And number one on the list is Clinique for Men Charcoal Face Wash. So again, this is a face wash. Mm. But with this one in particular, it like removes debris and excess oil from your beard and also limits ingrown hairs so i think there are face washes that are designed to be i guess a bit more like heavy duty and get in there with Mm. someone's beard because i was was just remembering then i can't remember the exact stat but it's something like i remember learning that your computer keyboard is grosser than a toilet seat like it has more no yeah yeah, like your computer keyboard's awful compared to a toilet seat i guess because you actually you do clean your toilet so that would make yeah. sense yeah, yeah yeah and your beard is worse than a keyboard so it, like beards at like the top of the list in terms of just like being like the grossest thing ever what where did you get this information oh <laughs> yeah. my god mind blown yeah so basically what mm. you're saying like if i'm deducing from what you just said your beard has more bacteria than your toilet seat. Oh, yeah, big time. (laughs) My boyfriend's beard potentially has more bacteria. 
<laughs> okay. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, tenfold. But <laughs> well, the, again, I think this is all just the Bushman, maybe. Like, this is maybe not if you're using, if you're watching it properly. You yeah. Know. I think it just has the potential, like, over the, the span of like a month, it will be closer Whoa, than okay. <laughs> But there's other things you can use, like the Lab Series Grooming Oil 3-in-1 mm. Shave and Beard Oil. So, again, like these products that are focused for other beard maintenance. If you are going to be shaving your beard, you may as well be using an oil that goes in there and replenishes the natural oils that can get lost during the day and cause beard itch. So, there are these products you can get that if you... Maybe there are people listening who have beards, but maybe they have a partner who has beards and you're trying to convince them to do something to clean it. This would be a pretty good Trojan horse for them to use because like, no, it's just a shaving cream, but it will have something in there that makes it less gross as well. The other thing is the sunscreen issue. Like I think that something that I found that's worked with my boyfriend better, instead of using like a thicker sunscreen, make something that's like a lot thinner texture because you're able to get those serum-y textures sunscreen, which I've spoken about before. They're like able to really get better into the beard. So that would be my only other beard tip. But definitely for you, Matthew, is the pash rash becoming an issue in the relationship or are you just like sticking with the stubble? I can see you've got stubble. Yeah, yeah. But I guess there are like varying degrees of stubble. This is probably the longer version, what you're seeing now. I think this wouldn't be as bad. I don't know. At least from what I've heard, I don't think it's a super, super big issue. (laughs) Okay, all right, good. There's this article in Into the Gloss written by dermatologist Dr. Claire Chang that pretty much says if you can't convince them to shave, convince them to grow it out and probably not be in the halfway point that I'm in at the moment. Agree with that because, uh, yeah, you can't feel anything when it's a bit longer. Like, it's not going to – it doesn't cause any irritation. Yeah. And also, according to that article, the two things you can do sort of on both sides is make sure your skin barrier is as strong as it can be. So, (laughs) just so nothing's getting through and to make his beard softer. So, beard oils such as Aesop, (gasps) Shine Hair and Beard Oil, stocked at the door, can act as a conditioner, making the hair softer and less abrasive. Nice. Well – Another great relationship advice, Matthew. Yeah, yeah, I'm here to help. Keep your relationship strong and your barrier strong. (laughs) Today we're talking about working from home because I'm sure there's still a lot of people working from home. Hannah, I know you and I do a lot of our work from home. So we're talking to Dr. Michelle Funder today, president of Osteopathy Australia. Michelle, can we start with talking about any of the themes or common issues with your patients that you're seeing, you know, those people that are working from home and have been for the last three or four, are we entering our fourth year? (laughs) Next year we'll be entering our fourth year of being at home workers. What are the common things you're seeing with your patients? Yeah, it certainly does feel a bit blurry, the timeline. It does. For sure. <laughs> yeah, three to four years in, what we've found is that certainly at the start, there was a lot more acute headaches and lower back mm-hmm. pain. And that was just people not having great setups at home, you know, working on their couches, lying on their beds with a laptop. Mm-hmm. But now we're sort of three or four years down the road and it certainly feels like working from home is part of a normal job now. It's almost expected to have that flexibility. So we do still see some of the ergonomic injuries happening as a result of poor setup. And also what's really interesting is just 
noticing people's overall well-being scores have maybe reduced a little bit because they've lost a bit of that connection with being around teammates and also that incidental movement like walking to the train station, Mm. going out for coffees and things like that. So there certainly is a shift in that injury stuff. So I suppose Mm. first up we are still seeing a lot of low back pain and headaches, but secondly a little bit of, you know, impact on mood and also reduction in in movement still. For all of us who spend way too many hours at our desk or in front of our screens, do you have any simple exercises or stretches you recommend to help keep our bodies feeling good and also to prevent things like stiffness? Yeah, absolutely. I think the most important thing is just scheduling regular movement breaks. So keeping it nice and simple rather than thinking I've got to do a, you know, 20 minute yoga routine every hour, Mm. but just literally getting up and moving. So we know that sitting can be one of the hardest things on our spine, just the pressure on our discs. Sitting for too long can really reduce the sort of viscosity. Our spinal discs are like little cushions and they're not really built to be sitting all day. So just getting up and moving is really important. So that would be my number one and setting a timer to do that every hour and a half, just getting up and moving for five minutes. And whether that's a quick walk around the block or just, you know, going and hanging out the washing, whatever you need to do. But in terms of specific exercises, just doing things like a gentle roll down. So stretching your arms up towards the air and rolling down to touch your toes nice and slowly, gentle neck and head stretches. So gentle circles, stretching the ears to the shoulders and moving around is is really the best way to do it. I must say I sit at my desk for like six hours straight sometimes without even like getting up to eat or anything and you do feel your back is just like oh help me (laughs) screaming out for you to move absolutely and things like even drinking lots of water to make sure that you actually pop up and go to the toilet can be really important oh yeah that's a good strategy (laughs) yeah absolutely all sorts of weird and wonderful things you can implement putting your phone somewhere else in the house and setting Uh, a really annoying alarm so that you have to get up to make the noise stop mm, can also help. Yeah. And what do you think about the standing desks? Because they were very big when COVID first happened. Everyone was about the standing desk. Do you think that they're worth having or are they not as good as everyone says they are? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've had a few clients that got the standing desk and then sort of came limping in a few days yeah. later because they went from sitting all oh. day to standing all day without sort of yeah. a progressive change in load. So listen, I think having the option, if you can get a standing desk, it helps, but you've just got to make sure you mix it up. So not go from, you know, sitting all day to standing all day that you incorporate some standing into your work. But again, it's the setup. Like if you're going to be in bare feet standing, then that's not ideal. So making sure you're wearing comfortable runners and you might start with just standing for 10 minutes and then you know changing it to sitting and making sure that you're just changing it out and I know things like doing walking meetings is also really handy as well so just movement in general is good for our bodies so aiming for that. Do you know I saw during COVID lots of those sort of Insta videos of people reviewing the walking treadmill desks? Yes I've seen them too. It seemed like a little bit like too much going on for me probably but what do you think of, yeah. what do you think yes. of those walking I reckon I would have gotten motion sickness I, just, I don't think I could look at a screen and walk 
on a treadmill. Yeah, yeah I think that's probably taking multitasking to new levels. Yeah. And I would like to see some data on the injuries that probably happened. And that's a really interesting space around workplace injuries when we're working from home yeah. and actually what's happened there. You know, you hear some horror stories where it's like I went to take the dog for a walk in my work break and then I fell over and broke my arm and suddenly it's a work cover claim. So I think that might be a bit much the old treadmill. I think what that does show us is that we probably need to have better boundaries with our work and our life and our exercise and making sure that we're creating space for just switching off and doing our exercise as opposed to trying to do it all at the same time. So aside from the no to the treadmill, <laughs> are there any other work setups or equipment options you'd suggest to help us ease the strain on our bodies? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of a separate screen and not working off a laptop. I think that can be mm. really, really important if you suffer from headaches and neck strain that you're not using a small laptop screen. So having a really nice big monitor, you know, you can go to Officeworks, get something, you know, not that expensive, and then you hook your laptop into that get a keyboard and a mouse. So again, not using that laptop keyboard so that you can then adjust and just, you know, it's really easy. You can jump online and look at some ergonomic setups about what's best practice. And that's, you know, generally relaxed shoulders, elbows at 90 degrees, knees at 90 degrees, sitting tall into a chair. If you're more of a visual person, just jump online and Google it and then get someone to take a photo of you, your partner or a mate, and just see if it looks right or go and see a healthcare practitioner and, and get them to review a picture. And so then you'll see if that's the right setup. Hannah, do you remember we did that ergonomics assessment mm -hmm. at the start of COVID at mm -hmm. a door? Yep. And we met, I think we met with like a physio or something and then they walked us through how we should be sitting and what height we should be. And yeah, they did like a full assessment for us, which was actually really helpful. Yeah. I feel like more businesses should do that if their staff are working from home. It was helpful. Absolutely. There's a lot of power in, in knowledge and education. And I think the other thing is not to get too stressed around posture. I think people are like, oh, I need to sit up tall all the time, 100%. But our bodies haven't really been built to do that. So there is, even though probably as children, your parents were screaming at you, sit up tall, sit up tall. Sometimes we just need that break. And so you might find yourself mm. relaxing into it and that's okay. And just sort of acknowledging that it's all right, that sometimes your body is just going to need to kind of relax and crumple into it, but making sure you have a good chair that supports you, that you're not sitting on a plastic, you know, kitchen stool, that you've got the right chair will help you just basically have good posture, but you're not going to be sitting up balancing a book on your head for seven and a half hours for the day. My friends like to joke that I always look uncomfortable because I think my posture is one of my strengths. <sighs> and if I sit on a couch, I'll sit like straight up. And they're always like, can you just relax? Uh, <laughs> just, just lay back. Stop, stop being so rigid. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a ballerina or something from way back, Joanna? No. no. Oh, wow. <laughs> just, it's just the way I am. But I am relaxed. I just enjoy sitting like that. But it obviously makes them uncomfortable. <laughs> Do you have any tips for people who are dealing with that extra wrist and hand stress from like typing and using a mouse all day? 
Yeah, I'm actually working with someone who's a graphic designer at the moment. So obviously Mm -hmm. that demand for using a mouse and really intricate Mm. long hours, you know, using that kind of equipment. So we've actually got her seeing a hand therapist. I think that's important. If you're at a point and we know that people aren't great at looking after themselves, if you're at a point of pain, it's definitely time to get some professional help rather than just Dr. Google. Mm. So make sure you do seek help as number one. If you are feeling like, oh gosh, you know, things, things are really tight. So just some gentle stretches and strengthening of the area. So making sure you're having regular breaks, stretching out through your arms. So a gentle wrist stretch of where you might just be gently pulling your fingers back and forward. Again, the type of mouse and keyboard that you're using is really, really important, but not only that, it comes from how you're sitting because you might have the world's most expensive mouse and keyboard but if your shoulders are up around your ears then you're still going to probably end up with pretty sore arms and so yeah again it all flows back to probably the chair that you're sitting on and if, if that's set up correctly from the feet upwards so Definitely go and talk to your healthcare practitioner, so an osteopath, a physio. If you're in a lot of pain, it could be a referral to a hand therapist if you're requiring any splinting or further investigations. Mm -hmm. It's a good tip. And when it comes to maintaining good posture, (laughs) Joe. You've actually, now that you've said it, Joe, I do notice that you always are sitting up straight. Yes. It, people just really notice it. I don't know why. Yeah. So when it comes to maintaining good posture, what are some top tips or best practices that you'd recommend? Yeah, so posture is a really interesting one. As I said, it's very individual. So everyone's posture is different. So obviously, Joe, you're built that way and it feels really comfortable for you to be sitting up nice and tall and maybe, yeah, putting your friends to shame. Being aware of your posture, weirdly, is probably one of the most important things. So are we connected between our brain and our body? It's amazing how just having that, what we call like neural connection can really help build and develop our, you know, muscles, which is really the other word for posture is, are we strong enough to support our skeletal frame? So if you're feeling like, oh gosh, I'm so tight through the front of my shoulders and my back feels achy, it's probably more of a strengthening issue. So what's the type of exercise you're doing? What are the types of, you know, stretching strength work and having a look at that and that's where coming and saying someone like an osteopath would be really good to to nut out how you can make sure that you're building the right framework to support your body they're all great tips thank you i feel like i'm going to google that ergonomic setup now just to make sure that i'm still in the right position because i definitely feel like my shoulders get quite sore when i'm sitting here for six hours as i mentioned but I'm going to set an alarm now to get up and walk the dog at lunchtime. So I'm really going to try and take on board your tips today, Michelle. Perfect. Oh, well, I'm glad. Anything to help. Sounds like you're all over the posture. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. God, it's been a while since I've done a product I didn't know I needed. I know, so long. But I have tried quite a few products while I've been off. Yeah, did you take them with you? Quite a few of them I took with me and then some of them I started using when I got back, which Mm -hmm. is the case with my product I didn't know I needed today, which is the Strand Miracle Worker Prebiotic Scalp Scrub. Do you remember we spoke to the Strand founder before I I left? And I really wanted Mm -hmm. to try it, but I didn't really have any issues with like flaky scalp 
before I left. But because I was wearing a hat all the time, I was sweating more, I was slicking my hair back like every day with product. By the time I got back, I had a really flaky scalp. I needed like a decent scrub because I didn't take one with me. And I had this in my sample cupboard. And so I gave it a crack and I also use the shampoo and conditioner and I really, really like it. And I only just realized that it's quite cheap. It's only $28. Oh. And you can also get the shampoo and conditioner and the scrub in a bundle at a door for $70.80. So I think you save, I don't know, what does it say? You save 12%. In the bundle. So if you want to get the whole, if you've got flaky scalp issues, I really would recommend trying this because I really liked it. The scrub has salicylic acid in it, salt, coconut oil, and argan oil. I just really, really liked it. It left my scalp feeling so clean. Mm, Nice. I haven't used Trend. I also use that little scrubby brush. They have that little scrubby brush. The one that's the round. The round one. Does that work? With the spikes on it. Yeah. Sometimes it scrubs is getting it right in there. Yeah, exactly. So I really liked it. And it's only, I just, I thought it would be more expensive than that for a 200 mil, but it's not. It's 28 bucks. What's yours today? Mine is the, I didn't even know that we had this brand, Alpha Path Milano. Yes. Semi Delino. It's really popular. Alpha Path. Yeah. Really popular. It is? What is, is it Italian, I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah, I think it's from Milan. Well, it does say that, Milano. You would be right. Yeah. Yep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Moisture Nutritive Mask. It is a, I've been, yeah, obviously using it as a hair mask. What I really like about it for me is that it is for intensely dry hair. So the key ingredients, it's got a color fix complex. So if you've got colored hair, it's got a UV feel to protect natural color. They've also got shine fix. So that's for shine. They've got an ingredient for protecting from environmental pollutants. It's obviously got moisturizing and nourishing ingredients. So great for if you've got really dry, dehydrated hair. And yeah, I have found for my hair, this is perfect. It is really like ultra hydrating, Mm -hmm. a really ultra hydrating mask. Leave it in for five minutes after you do your conditioner. But then I actually usually swap out my conditioner and just do a mask. I'm lazy like that. How much is it? So it is $36.95 for a 200 mil. Yeah, see, that's a bargain for a good hair mask. Not bad. I hadn't actually, I'm going to have a look at this brand. Yeah, it's very popular. I think it's recommended by a lot of hairdressers. Quite a good price point, $36.95 yeah. for the shampoos. Yeah, that's pretty good. Can I be honest? I didn't know the price. I thought it was going to be really expensive. Yeah, it just oh. gave bougie vibes. Yeah, it does give bougie vibes. Yeah, the packaging, it just gave bougie vibes. So I'm actually pleasantly surprised <laughs> by that. We're both surprised by the prices today. <laughs> I know. I sort of just went in blind thinking, oh, it's going to be like yeah. $79.99 for a small little tube. Yeah, no. That's good. All right. So Alpha Path Milano. I'm assuming this is fairly new to Adore. Uh, no, I think we've had it for maybe like 12 months, maybe six months. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. At least since the start of the year, I reckon. Well, this is what happens when you don't work there full time anymore. You don't know when there's any product <laughs> launches. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> Even sometimes I don't know when there's product launches. So don't worry. You're not the only one. Honey, you were telling me before that you are recovering from the flu and you were trying not to cough on our recording. I know. So you've been to Bali, obviously picked up the flu over there. I cannot believe I managed to get through. But can I tell you something? I got sick halfway through the flight. Like it was the worst. So you were sick the whole time? 
No, 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 as in on the way home. So I did, I wasn't sick the whole time. And then all of a sudden, halfway through the flight, I started sweating profusely. And Nick and I had three seats, same as you on the flight. We had a middle seat free. So I lay out and he I was he said I was I had my feet on him and was oh. kicking him. He said it was horrific. <laughs> like really, I was like I was like half asleep, half hallucinating. I don't know, not hallucinating, but I was so out of it. Wow, you were having the fever dreams. Fever dreams, and I was just kicking him, and he didn't sleep the whole flight, and it was an overnight flight. So poor guy. He was a good boyfriend for doing that. Yeah, good on him. <laughs> well, I am so shocked. Every overseas holiday I've been on, I've gotten some kind of sickness, and I thought, especially in the age of COVID, I was going to be sick as a dog at some point while we were in Europe. I did not get as much as a sniffle while we were over wow. there. Wow. And I had a full first aid kit. I was posting a lot on TikTok about the, the stuff that I was doing travel-wise, and I took a full first aid kit, like the most elaborate first aid kit you could think of with every medication under the sun. Yeah. And turns out we didn't need it. There was a couple of times where I used a sore throat gargle because I felt a little bit of a tickle coming on. But nothing. And I went, no, nope, not for me. And we were so fine. But I just cannot believe that we avoided it. On the way over, I reckon 50% of the flight were coughing and spluttering. And on the way back, I reckon 90% of the flight were coughing and spluttering. Every second person. Oh, my God. Is everyone sick? Oh, everyone. Like, we could not believe it. We both said to each other on the flight, if we get through the next week without getting a flu or cold, we are built different. And I'm telling you, we're built different. (laughs) Watch me get, like, really sick now that I've said that out loud. But I just... I can't stress enough the importance of taking your own first aid kit overseas because there's nothing worse than trying to crawl your way to a pharmacy and explain to them what you need when you know exactly what you need and what you would grab in an Australian pharmacy. I just like to have my own things. So I pack it all in a packing cube and we get through it. I can't believe you didn't get sick the whole time. Did you get sick the whole three months that you've been gone? No. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So I was taking a magnesium powder every day, which is good for immunity. Yep. So I feel like that helped me and I didn't really do anything else. I was like drinking enough water and yeah, that's it. And I wasn't partying. Like I wasn't in Europe to go out and party. So that probably helped. I haven't really had the flu, I don't think, like this before because I've had COVID twice yeah. And this this is similar, but my COVID test was negative. But it this is similar, but almost like, so the first COVID I got was the worst. Now the flu yeah. is the second worst. And then the third COVID is the third worst, but they're all pretty bad. Yeah. Can you believe I still haven't had COVID? I can't believe it. No, I don't believe it. I think you're one of the anomalies that got it, but didn't know. I reckon I should be studied. Because it's really is yeah. weird. And I thought now's my t- – when I was in Europe, I was like, I bet now will be the time. It'll be now and I'll be like – But you'll get it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you have special immunity. There's something weird with you that you didn't get it, that know. everyone else got it like two or three times. I know. And I didn't even catch it from Adrian. I s- was sleeping next to him. Like how is that possible? That's so – yeah, no, yeah. that's beyond. It's really – and I'm touching wood. I'm touching wood as I say this because I really don't want it. Like we've obviously – Nick and I have both gotten sick with two rounds of COVID together yes. and the flu together. How do you not get sick together? Like you're s- sleeping next to each other. It's You're spluttering and co- – was he coughing? 
No, at that point he wasn't, but he was in that like oh, okay. incubation period where you're your most contagious. Yeah, you should be studied. Yeah, I think I should. Someone do a blood test on me and tell me why. I think there are other people that haven't had it though. Like I have friends of mine that haven't had it. My parents haven't had it. My sister hasn't had yeah, it. It's just, it's weird because it does feel like everyone had it at one point, but I don't know. Touch wood. I did get sick in another way and oh, I'll no. explain Diabetes. that. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in next week's episode because I feel like that's okay. a whole story. I already know. Diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it was bad. It was bad, Hannah. So okay. we can talk right. about that. I can't wait for this. The gastro stop came through for me. Nice. All right. Can't wait for next week. Great. I'll see you then. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.